Hey, it's Jose Galison of No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can also find me just about anywhere podcasts are at. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll keep repeating this for a while, but I'm not on the Liberty Movement YouTube or BitChute anymore. I put an update on my channel, so you know it's an update slash opportunity for you know, especially like newer or prospective uh, content creators. So I'm not gonna go into that. So if you guys want, go to my channel, watch it. It's a quick little like you know, like six, seven, eight minute video explain everything there it's a good opportunity to not let i mean it's got like 200 ish subscribers so why let it die someone else can take it over i just don't have time for any more um today my guest is reed coverdale the naturalist capitalist today the topic is just kind of getting to know reed i know i normally do like topics it's this thing i used to do back in the day was like who is i would do who is episodes and we're gonna do one of those again i'm not gonna do the same exact template because i we were like legitimately going into every aspect of the life i'm not gonna go that deep we'll probably go a little bit more theory heavy on this one but can kind of tie it into life's shit um as always i like money um so you know keep giving me money at patreon.com so it's no way jose 2020 you also gave me money at crypto or give me crypto at and the fed.app uh that i'm gonna go ahead and bring on reed and we're gonna fucking get to this what's up dude not much how's it going man doing all right doing all right yeah this is like kind of last minute we were scheduled to go on next week and just some Shit moved around, so uh, I mean, I was glad to get it done. I was pretty excited to have you on because I uh, I watched you on the Tower Power Hour episode thing. Not to reason, I've seen you on other stuff. Obviously, you've been a big, big, big name recently. But uh, and then just like some shit you said in there, just kind of like rung in my ears. I was like, damn, I got some shit to talk to him about. So I was, I was, I was excited about it. Uh, but I kind of want to do a little small talk, get into it. You, you just, I mean, obviously, you know, the time warp of podcasting. The people who watch this, you're like, what the fuck? But you literally just like, you know, 30 minutes ago, we're on with Shane Hazel. And uh, I just, for one, the one thing I kind of want to bring up is he brought up his whole spat with that run Republican dude today. And I just, I don't know if you saw the tower, uh, the tower gang getting on that shit today. I didn't. I missed no. that whole thing. But. <laughs> he, he, he called in reinforcements. And oh, I don't know please. if he just didn't want to claim it because, I mean, you're playing with fire when you call in tower gang. Like, you don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> and he called him in. I don't know if he just thought we were going to be like, you know, just like, that was bad. I mean, not to say, I mean, obviously... Shane is pretty based, so he, he kind of knew what he's doing. But <laughs> but uh, we hit him with because uh, he says some of the brain train thing or whatever, yeah. and like the guy, I actually was the one who kind of spawned the idea because everyone was trying to do some like corny like oh get on the Shane train. I'm like guys, that's like a boomer dad joke. That's awful. Like it's like maybe funny for a quick little quip to your eight year old, but like if we're trying to fuck some like politician, like that's not not the route. And I was like, come on, we got. There's so much material here. You got brain, like brain is a term for getting head. You know, you yep. got train, which anyone, anyone's a deviant person knows a train. Just like you know, when men bang a woman in successive fashion. Yep. <laughs> and so uh, we ended up settling on Shane gets brain from your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that that was fun. I mean, that's I, a lot I have, of characters. Yeah, that's a lot of characters. It took a while. We we've we've kind of died down as of late. I mean, we still have fun with it, but. I know, I know me, I haven't been able to get as much involved. Like, uh, I'm actively in military, and I'm, like, in transitioning out of the military now, and I have, like, a couple months left, so I have a lot of shit I'm doing and stuff. And so I just, like, being a federal employee, you kind of, depending on your job, I mean, it's not the case for your job. Sometimes you have a lot of time on your hands. So I, uh, I had a period of time where I was able to fuck around on taxpayer's dollar and tower gang. So <laughs> uh, I haven't been able as much because I'm trying to pre- prepare myself for getting out. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's a, it is what it is. Um, yeah. So I wanted to start out with kind of a confession. And when you first kind of came on the scene not too long ago, I was very on the fence about you. I was like, you kind of came in with this lib unity stuff, which 
it's one of those things. I feel like it's a loaded term. I feel like we need better terms because lib unity has multiple connotations, I think. And I mean, I guess it's one of those things. If you claim it properly, you can make it what it is. You know, that's how words are in general. Like, you know, just kind of like a liberal libertarian words like that. They've kind of take on multiple meanings as time goes on. I know when I hear lib unity, it gives me connotations of like, like unity is almost like giving something up or compromising. Uh, it's different to meet someone where you're at. That's different than compromising. I feel like that's connotation. I'm not saying it's necessarily that. It just, you know, it's a word that has connotations, a semantics thing. So it can have different implications for different people. And I'm not saying you're wrong trying to reclaim the word. I'm just saying it's kind of like a word thing, you know, like I know some people get that feeling and we kind of did it first. And also like, I didn't really know what you were going for entirely. So it was a little on the fence, but then after listening more, I'm getting a little more like, okay, okay. And then also another thing, don't take this the wrong way, but some of the stuff I was hearing from you and I can't sp specific, give any sp uh, specific examples kind of was like questioning me. I'm like, is he blue pilled? Is he not? And I, I got time posted something today talking about maybe making a green pill. Cause I realized you've said something that you've only been anarchist for like less than a year. And this isn't to say, I mean, I mean, I, and you remind me a lot of my progression and that's not to say I'm, I'm right or anything and you're wrong. Like you could be more right than I am. And maybe I'm just too far up my own ass with theory and shit for all I know. But like, I kind of had this, like, I think he's just newer and I've noticed you do seem eager to learn. And I feel like that's different. I feel like blue pill has this connotations of like set in their ways kind of to some extent. And like green pill is like, I feel like it's like a newer anarchist that is like still eager to learn. And, and I mean, it's not necessarily to say you're wrong, but I've, I've noticed, I don't know. I've noticed you're more based than I thought you were. And I like, I was just kind of one of you just kind of hopped on the scene and I was kind of like, okay, okay. It's just, I was very hesitant. And you know, somebody just cops out of nowhere and it's like, Hey, live unity. Let's all be friends. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be friends with these motherfuckers over here. And it's like, well, I'm not talking about those motherfuckers. I'm talking about these motherfuckers. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. You know? <laughs> so I don't know if you want to touch on the unity thing at all. I kind of threw a lot at you there. I just was going to throw that as a confession. And I just, like I said, you were uh, before and pre, you were on Tower Power and you said some shit. And I was like, okay, I'm starting to relate with him more. And I'm starting to see where he's coming from. And that's kind of wanted to, I want to talk to you. Because I think I had a little bit of a um, preconceived notions before really getting to know you fully, you know, if that, if that makes sense. So. Sure. So I'll, before I talk about lib unity, I'll talk about the whole blue pill, red pill, green pill idea. So uh, yeah. there are people who have been in the liberty movement like way longer than I have who won't arrive at the same conclusion. So like Justin Amash has a lot more credibility than I do. I mean, he's been in the game way longer than I have or Rand Paul even like th those guys have more credibility than I do. They've been at it longer. So you don't necessarily end up somewhere by being there a certain amount of time. I mean, some people, they could listen to Ron Paul back in 2007 and instantly become an anarchist. Like Pete Quinones was kind of like that, you know, he instantly went down that rabbit hole. So I don't think that we should look at anyone as far as where they are on the timeline and judge them red pilled, blue pilled in that way, because everyone just ends up in a different spot. You can be red pilled and not be an anarchist. I mean, um, you know, I know Republicans who are red pilled and they're not, you know, they're not anarchists, but they're very aware of uh, the narrative that the mainstream media puts out. I think I actually became red pilled in 2018. Uh, so, as I said, I don't think red pilled is synonymous with uh, anarchy. Like, I think yeah. they can be separate. They're, they're, they um, highly correlate. I, they I do. Think. Yes. They and, do. I, and to be fair, I, when anytime you're talking about labels whatsoever, I've mentioned this before in my show. They're just fast and loose ways of identifying people. And on on one end, I don't think it's good to 
to classify people too much. Don't hold them to it. And then also on the other end, if you as a person are being like, this is my identity and this is my label and these are my rigid, like, you know, beliefs, like, I feel like you're fucking up too. So it goes both ways. So, sorry, go on. I didn't mean to throw off your shit. No, it's fine. Uh, I think I've, I would consider myself red-pilled since 2018 and I would credit Trump to it because I was, I, didn't, I mean, I still don't like Trump. I still hate him, but um, I was really anti-Trump in 2016 um, and I was just so angry that he became president, so angry that he hijacked the Republican nomination and everything. And then it was when he went to meet with Kim Jong-un and the response that the media gave it and the response that most of my friends had, I was, it just clicked. It was like, whoa, why are you guys upset about this? Like, this is the best thing he's done his entire presidency. Um, so then from that point on, I started really taking a critical look at the media and how badly they were treating people who threatened their power. Um, and then working on Tulsi Gabbard's campaign blew that. I mean, cause think what you want about her, but the media hated her. And um, I came off that campaign questioning what I really believed about conspiracy theories and what I still thought was really true. Cause it was, it was insane. Um, so that pushed me even further down that rabbit hole. Uh, that, so that's my that's my deal with uh, red pill, blue pill, green pill, whatever. Um, with the libertarian unity, I've tried to make this really clear a lot of times. Um, and maybe I ought, to, I ought to just do a video about libertarian unity again. The uh, the idea is focusing on the big ticket items and trying to unify behind those. And if you have a different view on transgender women in sports or, you know, whether or not we should legalize heroin or whether or not we should have driver's licenses or some of the smaller stuff. Like if you want to end the war on drugs, for the most part, you want to legalize like, you know, uh, marijuana and you don't want to throw people in a cage. Um, if you want to end the wars, if you want to end the Fed, if you want to end the lockdowns, if you want to decentralize the federal government, if we have differences on political minutia, I don't care. Like let's, let's get together and end this thing. So if you have, um, I, you know, there's that famous line I used. I put it in my trailer too. If you're a bitch, fuck, cuck, and you're just constantly trying to derail everyone who's trying to actually do something, you can't unify with those people. Like those people suck. So if they're going to continue to do that, then let them self-deport or let them become irrelevant and beat them at what they're doing. Uh, so liberty unity is not about like sweeping things under the rug and trying to unite with bad actors. It's about like putting that shit aside and like saying, hey, stop doing that. Like the people who are doing it the most are the the cucks, you know, and it's like, guys, cut it out. Like if you want to be libertarian, then stop doing that shit and join up with us on the big ticket items. Um, so it's not really a, a kumbaya thing. It's more like, hey, cut it out. Let's look at the bigger picture here, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, there's a couple two things there. Um you kind of touch. I think it kind of like I was kind of getting. At, I mean, it's all word games and it's tactics and how you play things. And if you can reclaim this word, that's great. You know, all more power to you. But I have seen on the other hand, and people that are those dishonest types who then use like, "Hey, we need to have this lib unity," when really they're not actually really interested at all. They're just trying to use it as like a cudgel of like, "Look at these fuckers over here." And it's like, "Yo, you guys are the ones being dishonest." And I mean, I don't have a specific example of that, but I feel like that it's. 
it's completely word games. Anytime you're playing with words, you know, both sides usually try to claim words for their own. And it is what it is. It's just... So I, I haven't seen the the cucks claim liberty unity at all. The only like I've seen Dave Smith really claim it, mm. and uh, some of like the Mises Caucus people. The people who hate the Mises Caucus, they've stayed away from it. It's like a black spot that they don't want to touch. And then I've seen like really good people from the Pragmatist Caucus claim it too. And I don't have. I mean, I, I that's what it's about is like the good faith people getting together. And if you're a bitch, then fuck you. So. Yeah, and and full. I mean, this isn't the other points, but full uh, to know where my perspective is coming from too. I'm a small L guy, so I don't really. I'm not belligerent about all the political stuff, but I have a different opinion on that perspective. I mean, so I generally, I I kind of, I do agree with having like unity in a sense, but at the same time, I do somewhat like to ostracize those who don't like essentially ones that aren't really. Like the dishonest types, because I don't, I don't like people claiming the banner of libertarian if they're giving it a bad name, essentially. So I have no problem with a essentially social ostracization, so they don't essentially no one, no one associates me with them. The same idea of being like anarchist. When you say anarchist, a lot of times people think Antifa people, and I'm like, that is not right. what I'm talking about. And it's kind of the same idea. And I have no problem if I can reclaim the word anarchist and and get those people to not want to call themselves anarchists and call them something else. That's great. Like, that's the way I see it. But uh, another thing I want to touch on is you had some quote. I remember exactly you said it. But it's funny. Like, it was, like, weird because I was, like, looking at that Tower Power episode and there were a lot of, like, parallels. I'm like, damn, me and him are, like, have a lot of similar shit. And, like, you had – I don't remember how you said it. But my quote, and you'll know what I mean, that I've said before in an earlier episode. And I don't know if – I'm probably going to fuck up my own quote. But uh, it was something along the lines of, uh, you know, pragmatic and principle are almost always the same thing. It's just that generally pragmatic it ends up being this term that uh, – the people who aren't being pragmatic try to use as a cudgel to get the, the principal ones to do what they want. So, because it, it's like, I, I think, like, if a principal isn't useful, it's fucking useless. And it's it's not a very good principal, essentially. It's kind of how I see it. So, yeah. the, the whole idea of it being like pragmatic principle, I think it's misnomer. They're not opposing concepts. So, yeah, and, I actually said pragmatic and radical aren't yeah. opposing concepts. And, They're kind uh, of synonymous, but, pra- but I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, pragmatic has been changed to mean moderate somehow. Like the, the a lot of people who talk about pragmatism or pragmatic candidates, they're talking about Gary Johnson, who is somebody who was not a radical. Um, I actually do think Joe Jorgensen was a radical. I thought she wasn't pragmatic enough. And what I mean by that is she had a pretty much 100% libertarian platform, but she didn't know what to stress. Like she was talking about dumb shit that was kind of irrelevant when she should have put all her messaging on the lockdowns and the fed and corporate bailouts. She sort of was just like teaching a class on libertarianism while she was running for president, which was really dumb. And then, you know, she had other issues with messaging around black lives matter and stuff like that. But pragmatism is actually a very good thing because it means figuring out what matters at a given time and pushing hard on those messages like if you're not pragmatic you're i need to look what's the guy's name from new hampshire who said the thing about the toasters um oh i need to look up his name because i keep using him as an example but he, he's not pragmatic he's just radical and he's dumb so if you're yeah. just radical it's no good if you're moderate it's no good so be radical and pragmatic because then that's what ron paul was he was pragmatic and radical he knew what to be radical about and he knew what issues were not really important at the given time yeah, I guess that's probably why I prefer the term principled. I get radical as a connotation to the caucus. 
So like that's why it's used frequently or like being out there. But I prefer principled because, for example, you can be radical and then, like this is a difference of words. It's just word games that you can be radical and you can be freaking out about fucking driver's licenses. And it's like that's not really that. I mean, it's principled in a sense, but in another sense, it's not because it's yeah. I think it's actually principled to have a hierarchy, hierarchy of values mm-hmm. like like I, that's if I'm going to there's not, nothing wrong with prioritizing things by their like most harm and that like i'm sure maybe you can come up with some convoluted bullshit fucking explanation how driver's license cause more harm than something else but i mean if we're gonna be realistic it's like let's be real war and and like the drug war cause a whole lot more issues than than that shit does i mean i'm sure you could say it enables it and somehow or some bullshit but it's like come on (laughs) (laughs) you know i don't know i think you're right exactly um like i didn't think jacob hornberger was I thought he was radical without pragmatism. So, you know, I guess he was principled, but it's just like, dude, like, come on, <laughs> figure out what the most important issues are right now. You're putting just, you're poor, you're putting getting rid of Medicaid or, or Medicare at the, t- like at the top. And it's we're in a pandemic. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> dude, like, holy crap. How about talking about corporate bailouts and lockdowns and wars and the fed, because then you might actually get people on your side. So. Yeah, I was still like kind of politically interested at that time, and I remember like paying attention and being like, "Dude, what are you doing? You're fucking yeah. blowing it." Because like he was arguing with them about social security, and like everyone else was agreeing with like, "Yeah, social security's bad," but he's like, "Well, we need to abolish it now," and they're like, "Well, we could like tear away from it." And like, to be honest, there are like a decent you know arguments on both sides, but he was just being like basically being like, "You're a fucking status," and they're like, "Whoa, like, like." Yeah. I, I think there's a non-status argument to be had to be like, hey, there is some sort of thing to where people have in some way sort of paid into this. And they've they've set their lives up around the expectation of doing this because they paid their taxes. And it's like and even then, like now we're sucked into this narrative of now we're arguing about social security. And it's like, why the fuck are we talking about social security? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It, it's somehow so uh, let's uh move on to how you kind of oh, all right, first off. Did you become an atheist or an anarchist first? I'm assuming I, I'm pretty sure I know which one it is. Atheist about four, uh, five years ago now. Okay. Uh, just to like lead into that, like what did you come from like a really religious household kind of deal? Oh yeah. Like, you know, the Twitter page Liberty hangout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it was like. Uh, so my parents were not Nazis. Like they were, they were, they, they would talk to us about tough questions we had. They wouldn't demonize us if we were doubting something. But there were very strict rules we had to follow. Like there was no profanity, no bad movies. We weren't allowed access to the internet when we were home alone. Like, uh, you know, crazy religious stuff like that. And then church every Sunday, Bible study every Wednesday night. We'd go to vacation Bible school during the summer, go to Christian summer camp, and we'd teach five-day clubs after school. Like the whole nine yards, like everything you can imagine about Christianity was in, indoctrinated into us. Um, and so do you want me to go into atheism or just? Uh, I, well, I, I, want to, I just want to talk about it a little more. For example, on my side, like I have the same thing. Like I went to Christian school and everything. My, my parents, like I think I got to like the third or fourth book of Harry Potter and then my mom stopped letting me read it. Like, yeah. well, like that wasn't like even allowed through the door. Like if you brought a Harry Potter book through the door, yeah. that, would, that would have been, yeah. How, how old are you? Do you mind, if you don't mind me asking? 27. Okay. I'm 29. So we're kind of very similar in age. Um, I kind of want to know what was the, like, I feel like, and it's kind of similar to like anarchism or, or libertarianism. It's like, sometimes you just like seed 
that like is playing in your head that then picks away at like your irrational belief or whatever. For me, it was gay marriage, which I'm not gay, but for some reason it just never logically made sense to me. The the like because you know a lot of people will make religious arguments for how the the Bible is is cool with it or whatever. Which I mean I don't know about your opinion, but I I was fairly well inundated and I can do five minutes of research and show you how that's horseshit in Old Testament and New Testament. A lot of people are like well. Jesus came along and changed the old law, so the gays are cool now. It's like, okay, like, yeah. I'm glad you think that, but, <laughs> but I, so that that was my thing that kind of picked away at me, and over time, because and it was also a big hot button to, uh, social topic around the time when I was growing up, because me and you about the same age. Like, uh, I'm a little bit like a tattle, and they're not even worth mentioning. But like, so for me, it was like around that time was when like gay marriage was really like sweeping through the nation. And like all my, I know my parents were like, what the fuck? And you know, (laughs) so yeah. Yeah. For me, um, it was the fact that you could be judged, uh, judged objectively over subjective uh, scenarios. So like that, that you could be damned to hell for eternity for some things that aren't really your fault, because I started thinking about like free will and how much free will you actually have and how much is actually just a, result of your surroundings and how your brain reacts to things and what type of person you turn into. So the fact that with the limited knowledge that you have, um, that you could be judged eternally for (laughs) just the the dumbest stuff. And then like the, uh, the severity of the punishment, how similar it is, regardless of how good a person you are. So uh, Hitler and some guy who takes care of his family and, uh, you know, is a good upstanding citizen, honest, kind and everything, but he just doesn't believe in Jesus. They get the same punishment. It's like, what? You know, so it, it was. Or on, or on the other hand, if Hitler has a, a deathbed conversion, right. at least he's, it, you know, he's, he's good. And me, I mean, we don't I, know. I for an eternity. He could <laughs> have like right, right before he bit the pill and shot himself. Like maybe he asked forgiveness and he's in heaven now, you know, like, so I mean, yeah, it's just like, it's so that, that was the thing that really ground at me because we were evangelicals. So the big thing was saving everybody from hell. And you just start thinking about like, why is this guy going to hell and this guy isn't? And, you know, so that was the logical fallacy that just chipped away. And um, my religion just became more and more vague because uh, I kept it. So it's, it's just like statism. Like I was a neocon. So I was a pretty massive status, then became a libertarian, slowly became an anarchist. Same exact thing with religion. Like I was an evangelical fundamentalist. And then it just became like more and more vague. I sort of became a universalist and, you know, basically believe that Jesus died for everybody and everything's fine. And then I didn't even really believe in Jesus or the crucifixion or the resurrection anymore. It's just like, yeah, there's probably a God. And then eventually it just got to the point, like, do you believe in any of this? And I was like, no, I really don't. And so finally I was able to step through that door of, okay, I don't believe in God. And, you know, it's just been just like with statism, you're brought up with it. And then with this idea that you need it, to keep the fabric of society together and to keep everything in motion. And then you finally get to that place where you realize, you know, this is just a human construct that we've created that actually causes more problems than it prevents. And then you're just like, yeah, fuck it. I don't, (laughs) I don't claim any of this anymore. Yeah. I had a similar experience. Like I was like dealing with a, like essentially it was the same thing where I was bending over backwards to justify my beliefs over and over again. And it was constantly like seeing like how like me and honestly like the, it was kind of like the church as a whole was always kind of shifting towards modernity, modernity or however the hell you say that word, 
and was kind yeah. of like becoming more and more like like for example when i was in high school my parents legit believed that the earth was six thousand years old oh, and yeah. then by by the time i was probably in high school they probably like they were wishy-washy on that and it was kind of like that was the church as well like it wasn't that crazy when i was in like elementary school for the average religious person to believe that by the time i was an adult or a young adult it was that that was actually outside the norm even for the church in general so like it's kind of like you see like that's kind of a good example in the collective i was also affecting the, a lot of individuals it's kind of you get to the point where you're like bending over backwards to justify these beliefs where you're like at some point you're like am i even believing like it's like i'm having to like do all these loop-de-loops and i mean it's very much like statism too where you're like it's the cognitive dissonance and at some point like like i did at some point like what am i even doing like i'm just like lying to myself at this point and then i actually like for me at that point after like i kind of was like all right i don't think i believe this more i wasn't super set logically like it wasn't like I, I was more just like i've gone to the point where i'm so so far away from the actual beliefs in this book that i'm like what am i even doing yeah and then like and then i at that point because then i started getting like arguments with my family and stuff and they would always throw it in my face of like being like basically making out like i was dumb and then that's when i really was like okay you know what? i'm gonna fucking study this shit. and i actually was like I started doing like listening to debates and I actually was initially trying to reaffirm my beliefs. Like I wasn't looking out to become an atheist. Like I was like, I didn't want to be an atheist <laughs> just like I didn't want to become an anarchist. And I was like, I was trying to like reaffirm my beliefs. And like, even though I wasn't super skilled when it came to like logical tools, I still, even then still saw these debates and was like, Holy shit. These theists are getting fucking like just raped, like destroyed. And like, like anyone that has any sort of grounding and logical like understanding, it usually can be like, Ugh. and then from then I started kind of going down that more road, learning more about logical fallacies, stuff like that. And then like, and then at some point it's just like, it was like, I knew like kind of had most of the arguments. I, the funny thing is I'm actually not as well at arguing theism versus atheism anymore. Cause I don't even really care anymore. I'm kind of like, whatever, like yeah. I'm past my anger atheist phase, but those like tools that I learned there have really turned over to like the anarchy or the like the statism essentially versus anarchy type thing and that's kind of what brought me over there those same logical tools i don't know if you have a similar story if that's kind of something along those lines or no dude i mean what you just said is literally exactly what happened to me because uh same exact deal like i i had i remember i went out to dinner with one of my more fundamentalist friends and i was telling him look dude like i don't believe in the tower of babel anymore i don't believe in noah's ark i don't believe the earth is six thousand years old i don't believe in the seven day creation like i believe jesus died for our sins and that's all that matters like the rest is you know kind of cute storytelling and he was like holy crap you need to get back into the word you need to start reading at least like 15 minutes a day you need to start praying more like you are led astray so i was like okay fine so i, I picked up the bible again and I don't know about you, but the Bible is what really pushed me to being an atheist again, because I hadn't actually read it extensively in a long time. I knew all the stories, but I hadn't like sat down and read it and tried to take it seriously. So I was like, OK, we're going to take this seriously. And I sat down and I started reading Exodus and I was just like, come on, <laughs> like this isn't real. Like this isn't this isn't all true. Like this didn't all happen literally, um, you know, and I, I just couldn't take it seriously. And like you, I didn't want to feel that way. I wanted to reaffirm my beliefs. And so then I started listening to people talk about deism, you know, which is a little more vague and, you know, a little more grokkable or whatever. And then I started listening to debates with Sam Harris and William Lane Craig and Christopher Hitchens. And to my chagrin, you know, Sam Harris was just wiping the floor with William Lane Craig. And I was just like, 
God damn it. Like I, <laughs> I don't want to think this, like I want to keep believing what I believed in because it's comfortable. Um, and I think that's the realest conviction you ever arrive at the one that you don't want to, because it means it's your reason that's driving your conclusion. Because if you're arriving somewhere that you want to, you can't tell as much if it's your reason or your confirmation bias. But when you arrive somewhere that you do not want to be, you know that you have arrived there solely through reason because you're trying to resist it even. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you said, it's been a very, it was a very similar um, journey with anarchy because uh, I didn't want to say I was an anarchist because that's crazy. You know, that's nuts. And um, if you arrive there through reason, you can't avoid it. Like you're going to get there. And that's what happened with both. Yeah, both no, I, <laughs> yeah, I like, I was the same way with anarchy. Like I, cause I, like I mentioned earlier, I'm military. Like I had, and I had a bias against it because it's like, I had already gotten myself to the point where I was full on anarchist, believed in like, you know, you know, uh, courts, police, military. And like, that's what we need. And then I was like, and, and, but it was like, if anything, I had the most bias. Cause like it literally goes against my paycheck to believe like that, like an anarchy. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's like, even then like real quick, I, I know this is kind of a, you kind of mentioned some people. What are your thoughts on free will? I, I, I think, uh, I mean, I don't want to go too deep on it, but I have a feeling that me and you have some similar thoughts on free will that might make some, uh, some of our uh, libertarian friends go re. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you, we could probably do an entire video. Yeah. On it, which, uh, maybe I, I, I already definitely want to have you on my channel just from how this conversation is going so far. Mm. But um, I think it's mixed. Like I, I do think that it exists to a certain point, but it also it, it also doesn't at the same time. It's kind of complicated. Um, like I think that the only reason we have free will is because we are able to make illogical decisions. If we were not a, by the way, are you still there? Because you kind of froze. Oh, there oh, you go. It glitched for a second. <laughs> keep going. I don't know what the fuck happened. Do you want me to start over? Or? You, you just keep going. I'm not that professional. I won't edit this. <laughs> All right. uh, well, just so you know, what I was saying is I yeah. think it does and doesn't exist at the same time. Like it's kind of a vague idea. Um, I think you are very much a product of your upbringing and your surroundings and your experiences. And you don't have any control over that. Like you are automatically going to think a certain way about things. Uh, I think the only thing that gives us free will is that you're able to make illogical decisions, you know, because if, if you were a robot and you were just operating out of reason, then I don't think you would have free will because you're just completely um, under the control of your logic. But since we're not, since you can be like, no, fuck it, I'm not going to do that, even though it doesn't make any sense. I think that gives you free will to a certain extent, but... I think we are mostly not agents of free will. I'd say it's like, uh, you know, a 60, 40 thing. Yeah, <laughs> I I, I, I'm actually a little bit further than you. I think technically it's one of those like technically things. Technically we don't have free will. If, if I'm mm -hmm. going to guess, it's also one of those things you can kind of never know. Like who knows? Maybe there's a ghost in the machine. I don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't think so. But I think if like things are the way they are, that ultimately technically, like essentially we're a, we're an ever evolving program, essentially, if you will, our brain. And so it's like this, like if X plus Y, then do this. And for whatever reason, yeah, you might have spur of the moment changes, but it's, it was essentially always in a sense, ultimately going to happen. But at the same sense, you kind of have to operate like you have free will to have a functioning society. So like, I think it really is kind of almost 
intellectual masturbation, the free will argument. Yeah, it, really it, kind of, it kind of doesn't matter. But <laughs> but like at the same time, it's kind of fun just for shits and gigs, like stone type conversation. But like I do think it has some minor connotations of maybe look at things slightly different. I know Sam Harris goes into that line, like maybe with like criminal justice, which I actually now I'm kind of questioning that too because I'm reading um, eth- uh, Ethics of Liberty or whatever the hell by Murray Rothbard. I might have got the title wrong. But he kind of went into like how like different justice systems and kind of like I was getting at how we should focus on rehabilitative. And he actually goes into how rehabilitative is not actually not a good model. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, I still think it has some minor effects to how maybe you look at things and maybe it'll make you a little bit. I think it may make you a little bit more forgiving of people that you don't like because it kind of makes you realize like, well, ultimately, there was something that drove them to be like this, like. Generally yeah, speaking, I mean, everyone's their own hero. So it's it's healthy to think about like what would you be like if you were born in 1920 in Germany? Like, I mean, would you be the same guy you are now? Probably not. What if you were born in 1850 or let's say 1830 in Georgia? Like, maybe you'd be different than you are now. I mean, you're such a product of your surroundings, but I do think that you have some core things about you that don't change because sometimes you can see them from the time you're a kid uh, like an infant before you've really processed anything like stubbornness or loyalty Mm -hmm. things like that are kind of intrinsic but most of it is a product of the people around you i think and even then the ones that are intrinsic are essentially a product of your genetic code so those are like in a sense even then kind of a product of your those are most likely something that you're genetically were predisposed to, and that's why it's that nature versus nurture thing. But yeah, uh, yeah. so I, I know it is like I said, intellectual masturbation. It's like it's funny there are people I will bring this up to, and they immediately get super defensive. And I'm like, dude, what I mentioned to you really doesn't fucking matter. Like, right. we're, I'm still operating <laughs> under the under the auspices as if we have free will. Like, if you hit me in the face, I'm not gonna be like, well, you were destined to do that. Like. so like still it's like fuck you but um kind of wanted to go into like how you think we should have tactics like um say with like religious people because like uh you know actually fuck it let's move on to anarchy because i want to tie this into something later i have a better way to tie it in later so let's go into how did you come to anarchy like you said it was a recent thing we kind of blew the water in that a little bit already but we can get into it more Yeah. So, um, I was, I've been a minarchist for a while. Like, uh, you know, I was a neocon and then Rand Paul kind of turned me into a minarchist. Um, but really just the last year of, uh, the government showing how it's unable to do even the most basic things, uh, really started to make me question like, why, why are we still doing this? Like, it's not a net gain. We're definitely getting a net loss out of the system. Uh, A great example is like the 600 bucks you get in your check. And then, you know, uh, out of 2.7 trillion, that ends up being like 200 billion that goes to help people. And the rest goes to big business, goes to the military, goes to corporations, goes to overseas governments. And you're just like, whoa, okay, why are we still doing this? So, you know, I, I was still in the mindset, well, that's not supposed to happen. If the state's doing what it's supposed to do, then we would just have a constitutional government, blah, 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 blah. And then I realized like, okay, Reed, who's being the uh, utopian here? Like the guy who says, get rid of this system or the one who says, oh, this is how the system is supposed to work. And then I uh, read Lysander Spooner's uh, Constitution of No Authority or No Treason, Constitution of No Authority. And I was just like, that that, that was the big, the single, uh, the single biggest turning point for me reading that. Uh, Because it really internalized a lot of the things I was thinking about with the government. 
Um, and then I, you know, talking to people, it's, I've had Kerry Wedler on my show a couple of times, Dave Smith, listening to him, even like Spike Cohen, listening to him, Magnus Panvidya, a lot of these different, uh, and, and Ace Arcus too, like a lot of these, uh, modern thinkers also got me to kind of push myself over the edge. And I've actually been watching Kerry Wedler since 2014, believe it or not. And, uh, you'd think with her videos, how good they are that you'd just like instantly become an anarchist, but it just, I'm a. I'm a knuckle dragger sometimes, so it just took me a long time to get there. But uh, yeah, 2020, man, I blame 2020 the most, like just everything that happened. And I specifically the stimulus bill that passed right before Christmas, just like how 5,000 people or sorry, it was 5,000 pages. Uh, almost Nobody read it. And then like almost everybody voted for it. And then a week later, the entire country forgot about it and didn't care about it. And I was just like, holy crap, we're so screwed. And that that kind of put me on a fast track to anarchy. Yeah, I can identify that a lot too. The same thing I listened to, I listened to Dave Smith for years. Like I always attribute him to being the reason I'm an anarchist. But even then, like I actually listened to him for years and I still never claimed anarchist. Like he got he got me all the way to full on, you know, what you would consider a radical minarchist or whatever. And like, but even then in a sense, it was kind of him that pushed me over the edge. But it was him, like, driving at – it was the uh, Anatomy of State by Murray Rothbard that I read that got me to jump over the fence. Like, and – because I was sitting on the fence for, like, ever. And, like, it was – but even then, I still attribute it to Dave because he's the one who got me to read it. Because he always is going on about it. And, like, I feel like Anatomy of State does a very good job of breaking down, like, how this is just destined to fail. And the idea of a state is a flawed concept. And it's, and it's like, just origin- – like, from its beginning. It's just going to go to shit no matter what. And right. – and I, honestly, like, uh, I read No Treason, I think, almost immediately after. And No Treason would probably do the same exact thing. If, if I had read No Treason, I think it probably would have done it as well. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe not, because uh, it depends maybe on how you're thinking. Because I think they come from slightly different angles. Like, Anatomy of State kind of comes from this angle of, like, you know, the state is flawed as a concept. Whereas the uh, – I feel like in, uh, No Treason kind of, kind of accepts, like, okay, cool. This is a legal contract. You guys are saying this is binding or whatever. All right, let's analyze this and see if on it if that makes sense. No, it fucking doesn't. Like even yeah. if we even if we're accepting this is a contract, it's like okay, well it's not legally binding across generations. Like go eat a dick. Like that's not no. how contracts work. I think that's why it, I think that's why it clicked with me better because I was still trying to operate within that system of this is how it should work, mm-hmm. and then you hear like oh okay, well if that's how it should work, then let's deconstruct it and see if it actually makes any sense. And then I read anatomy of the state after I read, uh, no treason. And it just kind of reaffirmed like, Oh yeah, this system that you realize doesn't work within itself. The whole idea is bunk anyway. It doesn't make any sense. And yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we're, we're flipped there. I think in other honorable mention, like I think if maybe if I had read this before, but I also think this might be more suited for lefties. I mentioned this multiple times. It's a uh, Larkin Rose's uh, most dangerous superstition. And that would probably, for me and you being atheist, it very much equates in that book the state to religion. And it kind of goes at what the root of the state is, is the illusion of authority and that, that other people have the, the somehow have the moral authority to do, to do things to you, essentially. And yeah. how that is a religious doctrine on its head, you know, essentially that like somehow there are people who are holier than thou that are allowed to do this shit. And so it's great for like atheists or lefties, I think it's probably a good one and so, like, maybe if me or you had read that first, it might have a similar effect. I like to try to throw these out for people because who knows? There might be some minarchists on the on the fence out there, and it's like, go read these fucking things. Maybe me or Reed can be your fucking Dave Smith or your fucking 
Carrie Wedler that get you to that point to where you finally go fucking read. Because there's something, I don't know what it is, but something about like reading, because like you read it and it's like this all encompassing argument. Whereas I can watch a Dave Smith episode and he's going to only, he only has like, I don't know, 45 minutes to like an hour. He's going to only cover so many topics and I get to have that cognitive dissonance of like, okay, well, that was a good argument, but what about this thing? And that thing that I say, what about that thing? He could attack that topic fucking a few months later, but then I'm going to be like, well, what about that thing? And that could be the same exact topic he tackled before, but I've already forgot about. And I'm able to just play this like ping pong cognitive dissonance where I'm just like, well, you know, that's why. And I just keep keep like hide the ball type thing, you know? So, and keep lying to myself over and over again. So I, I do think there's something, I know everyone's like, we're not going to save the world by reading a book, but I, there's something to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, most of uh, what I've done has been listening to podcasts. You know, I, I've read books too, but most of it because I drive is uh, listening. Um, and uh, sometimes all it takes is just one deconstruction of an argument. And then that sends you down a rabbit hole. And then that actually makes you start to draw your own conclusions about things like, cause you'd be like, Oh yeah, well that makes sense. I've kind of thought that before. And I also think this, 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 and this, um, so I don't know. It's just different for different people. Sometimes the full encompassing argument is what people need right away. But sometimes it's just like hammering on one thing that they know doesn't make sense. And that mm-hmm. can blow it apart. So. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Let's move on to I kind of want to talk. We talk about religion and we've obviously been talking about libertarianism. And those these are very highly tied to like morality. And I know with religion, I mean, one of the biggest like uh fucking um critiques of being an atheist is like well where do you draw your morality from and so and also within libertarianism i know rothbard and hoppe have arguments for like how even an atheist can come to like objective morality i have my disagreements but i kind of want to get where you're coming from is i don't know if you consider yourself subjective moralist or or if you find some way to come up with objective morality I mean, I, my personal opinion is like objective morality is just screaming out into space that my, my view is correct. Like, okay, <laughs> but there are different opinions, but whatever. So, and I also like that kind of ties to the natural rights, obviously, because I feel like it's kind of come from morality. So I don't know what your thoughts are there. Um, yeah. I, threw yeah, a lot so at you, <laughs> I think it, it comes down to word salad and semantics mm-hmm. because we always to define morality, like what, other thing do we have an appeal to authority to define the way we figure out how everything else works is by testing it against itself scientifically right so the way it was literally anything music math science economics whatever like it's self-defining because what works is what remains right but for some reason with morality we have this appeal for some higher power to designate to us what morality is instead of looking through history and seeing what societies have lasted, what societies have been good to live in, what societies have flourished, what societies have accomplished things. So in my mind, uh, individualism is a naturalistic approach to morality because it just, I mean, if you have a system that protects the individual, then the society by definition will be a moral society because they won't be trampling other people's rights. They won't be ruining other people's stuff. They won't be stealing things. It's just a system that automatically has everyone respecting each other. So um, I, yeah, I think it's, 
people just get lost in semantics on it. And I don't really understand why. So I would say there is, you know, objective morality and it's uh, individualism because if you try to go down any other rabbit hole, then you're always compromising to uh, destroy the individual. Um, so the only way that I think we can live in a prosperous society and respect each other is through individualism. Um, and Sam Harris sort of says that almost in his debate with William Craig. Uh, he sort of line, he outlines what morality is. And he's basically saying like the worst possible scenario is everybody's as miserable as they can possibly be. The best possible scenario is everyone's living to the fullest extent that they possibly can. And I'll, I, I don't know why we can't just accept that as a definition of morality. And if you look through history, it's very obvious which societies have people who are living to their fullest potential, <laughs> which societies have the most miserable populations ever. So I, I, I kind of look at it that way. I try to explain it. it. It's basically a scientific method you can use that you use with anything else, with math, economics, science, music. If something works, then you go with it. If something doesn't work, then you abandon it and try something else. Yeah, I mean, I think morale or morality is, is always it's value based. So it's like if so that's why I, I think it's subjective. But at the end of the day, like if I can get you to agree on values, then I can then from there derive out objectivity. That's what I usually say. For example, like I feel like it's pretty simple to be like, hey, do you not like people to take your shit? Do you not like for people to hurt you? Okay. Well, the best way to attain that is to convince other people the same thing. And from there, now we've derived out our fucking, our values. So you just got to get other people to agree on those values. From there, you can derive a whole framework. But within that framework, there's this objectivity because you have set the values. And fucking, um, I mean, if there are, there are going to be people who probably don't agree with those values. But you know what? At the end of the day, that's what guns are for. So, yeah. like, if they're going to try to fuck with you, like... I don't really care if they if they have a different subjective morality as long as I'm like you're not gonna fuck with me like that's really comes down to so I mean I, I do think it's kind of like semantics and it's like this it's this weird like game that people play where it's like yeah it's kind of this appeal to authority thing where they're trying to be like well there's this ultimate objective of, of authority and morality and you're like uh, okay but really at the end of the day you're just kind of streaming the ether and. In, even if there is an objective uh, morality, you're never going to really know it. At the end of the day, you still have to operate like the subjective morality and you have to get people to come to some sort of agreement on values. And from there you can develop a moral, a moral system. Well, imagine, like, imagine if we did that with everything else. Like what if you're a builder and you're like, okay, this building's level. And someone says, says who you're like, well, I've got a level <laughs> here and the bubbles in the middle. Like, yeah, but that's subjective to everything that man has discovered about gravity and, you know, but you could just like go down this crazy rabbit hole, but we don't do that with those things. So, I, yeah, I, I think when you're dealing with reality, it's a little bit more set in objectivity, but morals as in, in and of themselves are set on values. Cause there could be some crazy person out there that value system is set on hurting people. And it's like, that's his moral system. I don't agree with it, but at the end of the day, like, you know, like I can say you're objectively wrong, but he's kind of going to be like, so what, you know oh, what I mean? <laughs> Have, well, what I'm saying is you have repercussions for people yes. who live that way, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like, agree. So mm -hmm. it's the same idea as anything else, because the mm -hmm. repercussions are scientific proof that your morality system is junk and it doesn't work. Like, yes. I mean, if you have an individualistic society, people are happier. People are more productive. Things get invented. Societies improve. When you don't have that, they don't. 
So for some reason, we we've just disconnected morality from any other structure um, where I think we should be observing it the same way, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think we're actually like that's what you're kind of talking about beginning. It's like semantics and word style. We're kind of describing the same thing. Like yeah. at the end of the day, it's kind of like I'm saying that like it's inherently subjective. It's all about opinions. But at the end of the day, we're going to the best subjective morality will hopefully rise to the top, essentially a free market of values. Right. And it's like the value that's going to win out is what's the best. And I think the best value is something like the NAP. So like, yeah, you, it is still technically subjective, but it's like, I think it's the best one. And like, you can operate outside that, but I think it's not going to work well for you. And that's not going to foster a good society. Well, you know I mean, if you want to be a musician and you don't want to believe in harmony or cacophony or <laughs> like, okay, yeah. you can go be a musician, but you're not going to be very successful. <laughs> like yeah. People are not going to come listen to you. Um, because like you said, it's natural. It's the, it's the natural law of how things work. It's free market economics but, or free market of ideas. That's basically what science is. Science is a free market. There's nothing propping up an idea to keep it alive until, you know, now there is because statism has been mixed with science to create scientism. But in true science, there it's a free market because it's like, hey, this doesn't work. This idea obviously is false. Let's get rid of it. We're going to move to this hypothesis instead. That's kind of how everything works. Yeah, I, I like your example of music better. I feel like that holds up better than like the construction one because it is like music is also like a subjective thing. But sure. within within that, there is kind of like if you're just banging a pan into a microphone, like I can even say podcasts are subjective, but if I just have yeah. you on and say pee pee poo poo for 45 minutes, I'm probably not going to get many uh, subscribers. Right. <laughs> so, like, it's like, I can be like, well, this is subjective a value, but it's like, yeah, cool, but like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of where I come from. I also want to like, this is probably one of my finishing points because we kind of touch on like religion and stuff. And I know a lot of people use religion as like a, this kind of ties to a lot of the other stuff we're talking about morality and like we kind of touch on natural lights a little bit like within morality. But I know a lot of people will use like an argument for religion as that like say like Christianity is, especially by modern standards, it's kind of like a good prepackaged ideology that generally kind of leads them to something that similar to what we would want them to be at. Like so essentially it arrives them at the same somewhat similar conclusion as us of don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. But it's their, it's what, it's their, how they got there that it's different. Like me and you obviously have a way more different way of how we arrive at these conclusions than someone who's coming from a strictly religious perspective. So I don't know what your thoughts on that. I think personally, I like, I mean, I like that in a sense, but in a sense, I would prefer they came from it from a more logical perspective. Cause I do think coming from things from an illogical perspective, uh, way of getting to things will lead you to possibly going down that route for other things. You know what I mean? Like, or other ideas that will lead you astray. But I do think it's a, I would prefer that if I got to, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So this is might be controversial, but I don't like to draw a comparison. I don't care if someone believes in property rights, as long as they leave my property alone, right? Like as long as they're not going to aggress against me, I don't care. But I think if they don't believe in property rights, that they don't have a solid footing that they're standing on. Like your your ideology just kind of falls apart if you're going to be a libertarian. Because I, I know libertarians who don't really think about property rights much. And it's like, OK, I'm not going to say you're not a libertarian, but I'm just going to say that it's going to be hard for you to defend your position from a um, from a place of consistency. So I think the same way about religious libertarians. I, I by no means want to 
Um, I, I don't want to dissuade them from being libertarians at all. Like, I'm glad that's where you arrived at. If you're a fundamentalist Muslim and you somehow end up being a libertarian, like, cool. As long as you're libertarian, that's more important than what abstract things you believe in outside of that. But um, yeah, I do think it's completely contradictory to libertarianism to believe in a higher power that owns your body and can tell you uh, what to do. Also believes in thought crimes. Like this is one of the biggest things that I, I see a detachment, at least with Christianity. You know, when Jesus says that, um, you know, if you look at a woman with lust, you have committed adultery. Bullshit. Like that's not true. I mean, the whole idea of the non-aggression principle is like, don't aggress against them. Like if you have some dirty thought, okay, oh, well, but as long as you don't go rape them or you don't go cheat on your wife, like who cares? Like you're not, you're not doing anything wrong. Or if you hate somebody, you've murdered them in your heart. Bullshit. If you've murdered them, you've murdered them. If you hate them, as long as you don't do anything about it. Oh, well, I, you know, and Dave Smith talks about this a lot uh, with, uh, you know, how racism does not violate the non-aggression principle. I agree with him. Like yep. acting out of racism would violate the non-aggression principle. But as long as you don't act in aggression out of your shitty beliefs, it doesn't matter. So re religion is completely antithetical to that. It's the idea that if you think these things, you have already done them. Um, and uh, yeah, just the idea of religion, you know, in general to me, it is uh, answers that can't be questioned instead of being okay with questions that can't be answered. And that's how you end up where we are now with everyone listening to Fauci without questioning anything he said. Uh, with going into the lockdowns without saying like, hmm, is this going to have repercussions that are worse than the disease itself? Or, you know, believing the propaganda about the wars, believing everything the media says about climate change. You know, it's just like, no wonder we've ended up here because people are religious, you know, even atheists. I, I'm sure you talk about this a lot, how religious atheists are, how much they believe in the state and they believe in media and they believe in scientism and all this stuff. Like, I want people to question everything, not just god not just science not just statism like i want i want them to question all three um you know make sure that you actually believe in what you're doing uh and if you arrive at a different conclusion than me great like if you end up being a christian anyways or a muslim or a deist or whatever like okay but as long as you honestly end up there as long as you're not buying into propaganda that you've been sold since you were a kid um because I think that's antithetical to freedom and liberty and free thought and free exchange of thought, you know, because people have compartmentalized others who don't agree with them. They've, they've otherized them, you know, atheist, Christian, Jew, Gentile, whatever. And it's uh, yeah, I, I think it's a cancer. So in other words, like if you're a libertarian and you're religious, I'm just glad you're a libertarian. That's what matters yeah. most. But I would challenge you to like, <laughs> look at the contradictions there and uh, really think about how you arrived there, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of exactly what's driving. It's indicative of your thought process. If you have arrived, like it's kind of like I was getting at, the idea is if I like that we've arrived at the same conclusion, but I do think to some extent it matters how you arrive there because yeah. that is indicative of how you will act in the future. And like you brought like the Fauci thing. And it's a perfect example of that you are willing to just buy into these appeal to authorities and just like roll with it. As opposed to being like, wait, hold the fuck up. Like, what's going on here? Like, yeah. you know, like, and then and then evaluating what's going on, you know, using some sort of logical process. Like, I would prefer you, I, I, I like the shortcut in a sense of like getting there, 
but that's like okay now we need to work on this and and like we need we need to fit like you know strengthen up your thought process you know so ideally personally i prefer people who weren't but it's like i will take that i will take it a minimum you're getting here it's kind of like i'd I'd rather get a beach, but I'll take a handy. You know, like it's kind of the same idea. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not preferable. But <laughs> yeah, and I kind of want to touch. Okay, I, I said it was gonna be the last thing, but you brought up something I wanted to mention. I totally forgot. How fucking much does it irritate you when people straw man atheist anarchists? Because it drives me up the fucking wall. Because they always go to this. Well, there's no such thing as an atheist. They always have something they're worshiping, and it's like. Motherfucker, I'm right here. <laughs> so. Yeah. Now, I mean, I think that they're right when they call atheists statists, not atheists, because they have, to me, if you're replacing the, what, what is a God? A God is something that owns you, that has um, sovereignty over you, has complete authority to do whatever to you that it wants to do because you are its property, Right. So if you don't believe that, you don't believe in a God, I mean, and then people say, oh, no, then you think you are God. And it's like, well, no, because I don't think I have that divine right over other people either. Like we all have our own, <laughs> you know, our own sovereignty. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think anarchist atheists are the only real atheists, because if you do believe a state, then you have not really removed that idea of a God. Because, what I mean, it takes some of your money. It has these arbitrary commandments you have to follow. And if you don't follow them, it has the right to destroy you with no questions. I mean, there's just literally no difference. But yeah, if you are an atheist anarchist, you don't believe in a centralized authority figure that has the right to do whatever you want to do. You believe that everybody has their own rights and their own sovereignty. And you believe in non-aggression. So, I mean, if you really want to call the non-aggression principle my religion okay, I fine. I mean, but it's not, it's, it's yeah. a completely different idea, but um, I'll, I'll take that. If you must put a religion on me, put the non-aggression principle on me. That's, that's my faith I ascribe to. Yeah, no, it's so irritating. There's so many like thinkers that like, in a sense, like in a kind of roundabout way were actually what drove me to anarchy. Like Matt Dillahunty was probably one of the bigger ones. I'm sure you know that name. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he like was one I, I, that kind of brought me to atheism or well, not brought me. I kind of like was already on the edge and he kind of was like, kind of like sort of brought me there. And he's what I learned all my log- like logical tools from and stuff. And what inevitably brought me across the divide, you know, in a sense, they gave me the tools down the road to be able to use to jump to fucking anarchy and to throw off all gods, if you will. And it's just ironic that he, like, he's like one of the biggest statists and it's so fucking irritating because it's just like, you have this like, you are so good with logic, but you just do not take it and drive it to the furthest extent, which is I mean, the same thing with like minarchists and shit, but like, whatever, that's topic for another day. Dude, this has been fucking awesome. I had a really fucking awesome time with this. Uh, I don't know if you would go ahead and drop your plugs and we'll fucking, we'll, we'll do something. Uh, this is your second episode today, so I'm sure you're ready to go fucking hit the hay. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm glad that uh, regardless of whatever misconceptions you might have had before that we ended up uh, connecting and getting along. It's good. Uh, that that's liberty unity right there, man. Even though you're skeptical of it. So. <laughs> well, I, like I said, it was a semantic thing. That's kind of what I was driving at. That it's like I think people have different connotations of it. And like once I got to know you and followed you a little bit more, because like I feel like when I heard someone come in with lib unity initially, I immediately my like flags went up of like, what is this? Some blue pill fuck? What is this shit? 
Yeah. Although I, I, I've, I've received my own designation, Drew Hancock, who is kind of the expert on red and blue pills. He says I'm reed pilled, which is its mm. own thing. So uh, he hasn't defined that yet, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, follow me on uh, Twitter at Reed Coverdale. Uh, and then on YouTube, I'm the naturalist capitalist. I am planning on putting uh, some audio version out soon just because I've received so many requests for it. Uh, but anywhere that I am, I think I'm on, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. I'm the only Reed Coverdale in the world and the only naturalist capitalist. So if you search for either of those anywhere, you will find me. Yeah, they're both pretty unique names. Like, I am really glad that we got together and we were able to talk. I thought this was great. Um, I hope next time you come on Tower Power, I'm able to come. I sat that one out because I, uh, I fucking they were they were wanting to like really focus on the case race thing. I had nothing to do with it, so I just like I said, which we aside. didn't focus on anyway. Yeah. We said like so two was, about it. <laughs> I was pretty fucking pissed about it, but you know what? It kind of worked out because I think it it, it kind of left some more uh, more shit in my balls for this, you know, like some more uh, ammo f- for this episode, so I didn't blow my wad in the, that fucking in that one. So. Although it is fun. Tower Power is a blast. I do love how it's so comedic and it's just like, it's like, essentially it's like a fucking, it's a legion of skanks for caps essentially. So I don't know. I, I actually, I'm really excited about where that show goes. I think that'll be really interesting. I mean, it's not technically my show. I'm one of the people who shows on, who shows up occasionally. It's really fun. So there's my plug for that. Uh, I kind of want to touch on earlier. Um, I totally forgot to mention it. I was kind of getting out with Shane Hazel. Uh, anyone listening, go check out my episode with Shane Hazel because I think it'd be really interesting because I only recently came out, you know, as a fucking being active duty military. And during that episode with Shane Hazel, I was act, I was operating on the auspices of I was a veteran. I didn't say I was active duty military. So I think if you go back and watch that episode with me and Shane again, I think you might have a different lens of like, oh, this guy's still in and he's talking shit about this. So we, we, had, a fun, we had fun. We kind of broke down how the military is, how the culture is. We we broke the culture into two categories into the to the uh, I forget what the term was. One was like warriors, and the other was cocksuckers, and those are the kind of people who get drawn into the fucking the military. <laughs> so it was a fun episode. It kind of goes into the inner workings because a lot of people have these like these built-in ideas of what the military is. And also, me and Shane, he's a combat veteran. I've been a mechanic my entire career, so we kind of come from different. Like I've never even heard a, a bomb go off. So like I've been deployed once. I've been the same. I've been in the same base my entire career for 11 years. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, you can find me on No Way Host at YouTube channel, everywhere audio podcasts are at. Uh, I'm not in the Liberty Movement YouTube bit shoot anymore. If you do want to check out the Liberty Movement, they're on Facebook and MeWe. You can hit me up on email at thelibertymovementglobal at gmail.com. I'm very active on Twitter, so you hit me up at, at Gallus and Jose, or you just type in Jose Galison, it'll pop up. Uh, like I said earlier, give me money. Um, this way you can see shit like this you know, a week early. I'm not going to lie, this episode, I hate like when I have a really good episode, like a fire episode like this, and I'm like, I really hate holding off a week because I'm like, fuck, I just want to release it. <laughs> but I'm going to hold off. So if you're a patron, you got this early, you know? So that's that's the perk of giving me money. Uh, so patreon.com slash no way jose 2020 or give me crypto and the fed.app. Like, share, subscribe, comment. Yeah, definitely go subscribe. Try to hit 300 so I can sync up with Odyssey because I'm too lazy to manually update. So... <laughs> Yeah, with that, dude, it's been a fucking absolute pleasure. I really am glad you were able to come on, and this has been fun. All right, thanks. Let's do it again. Hell yeah. All right, end broadcast. (laughs) Cool.